feeling better? No. No. Which <laughs> <laughs> is a bummer because I was I was so ready for not real screaming, but like the mimic screaming the way David Arquette does in this movie. Sure. Oh my god. <laughs> so much screaming in this movie. <sighs> yeah. I think I, I think Cody, you should prepare yourself for the possibility that other people will have a different reaction. Oh yeah. To this film than you might have had. Oh, that's totally fine. This is uh, <laughs> this is like the uh, the whole other show is you two nostalgia jerking off on your favorite movies. Like <laughs> I have I have oh, no hey, problem hey, with hey, people hey, hate hey, ready whoa, to rumble. Hey. It's mutual masturbation, not jerking off. Okay, fair, 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 fair. Everybody's got their hand in the pot, so to speak. <laughs> and we don't know which pot it is, because it's dark. <laughs> That's why it's not gay. Yes, see? Could be my own. I don't know. It's it's communistic to help a brother out. You don't, you know? You don't know if it's your own hand jerking yourself <laughs> off. Because it's dark. Because it's dark. Your hand's already jerking something off. It might, be, it might as well be you or I think you may have else. leprosy. Oh, uh, no. I'm going to say it. Oh, God. Has that been these symptoms all week? Do I have leprosy? Man, if anybody was going to have leprosy, it's going to be uh, Oliver Platt by the end of this movie getting kicked in the balls like a thousand times. I don't think you get leprosy from being kicked in the balls. No, you don't get leprosy. Certain. They, they, what, what's her name? The the <laughs> aunt from Sabrina says something about hope your pud falls off in the toilet. Were, yeah. were you looking for an ex, inexpensive caveman? Is that what you were just doing? I was looking to see if some books I own had value on the resale market. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I found out that some of them aren't available anywhere on the resale market, which might mean Ooh. that they have a lot of value. I don't hey. know. Hey. And I realized that we're recording now. <laughs> oh yeah. It's a so is it a name your price thing? I don't know. Nice. It's from the short-lived Marvel uh, Margaret Rice Games RPG. Oh, uh, I don't know about Marvel, but I just saw something this week that was like the the DC Heroes Batman RPG supplement stuff that was like just basically a a, a printed on Manila envelope full of like printer paper, and it's like a $40 thing. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, listeners. Woo! <laughs> Welcome to Further Ado, the the podcast where we just uh, discuss our business for the first few minutes, because we're not yeah. certain when we're being recorded. <laughs> oh, I uh, I just <laughs> thought it would be au natural. Oh, no, it's, I mean, I do it to other people all the time. It's <laughs> very reasonable. Or I can attest to the fact that I almost always start it just whenever. And the many times that he's been like, oh, wait, we're recording? <laughs> oh, God, the mic's hot. <laughs> I don't even, Again. I don't even realize we're recording until somebody chastises me about saying a last name. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I'm Josh. With me is Oren Cody. Hello! This is Cody's voice this week. This, this is the lazy show, so we don't do clever nicknames on this one. <laughs> the lazy show. I... Uh, <laughs> I've been uh, sick most of this week, so if uh, if if it sounds like I'm doing any extra editing this week to make my my voice this uh, buttery snot, I mean soft, uh, it's not. I'm sick, buttery, a little bit. Buttery snot. Yeah. Was you that like your that? nickname in high school, Josh? <laughs> in high school. <laughs> Do you remember when Hastings at like the front registers used to sell the little like uh, silly putty things, but it was like white and glittery and it was called angel snot yeah i sort of remember that 
Good times. Do you remember every half price books in the world that has the book of farting up front? <laughs> their little, their little gifting thing, which I guess they somehow heavily invested in the fucking fart history book or market, <laughs> and it never quite paid out. For some reason, in my head, half price books are synonymous with every like physical box copy of the PC version of any civilization. It's <laughs> like the, the exclusively where those live now is half price books. Probably, probably. <laughs> it's the it's the dumping ground of civilization. <laughs> so much you can learn from our rich history. <laughs> like that Gandhi's a fucking dick. Yeah. <laughs> the Mahatmas. <laughs> or or I might not understand that joke. You might think we're just being weird. No, in all, the, in all the civilization games, like in the first game. Oh we made yeah, a yeah, yeah. Error. I do. Yeah. Now I there there was that okay. programming error where you could. Make him well, terrifyingly. He, he, would, he would default into being a jerk who would yeah. just Nuclear. always attack you and reject treaties and do all these horrible things. And they've, they've kept it through a lot of the other games just as a, sure. I don't know, sort of remnant. Yeah. <laughs> Popular enough. A, a cheap shot at a, a great man who tried to produce peace in the world. <laughs> so. So. Uh, we're on further ado. This is the show where we talk about something that relates to the comics that we talked about a couple weeks ago. I don't know. It seemed like a good idea when we started. Hell yeah. This this month we're doing wrestling. Uh, we were initially going to do uh, Beyond the Mat, but we decided that was a bit depressing. And it's uh, <laughs> been a bit depressing lately, so instead... Man, Jan- January's been a hard year, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, you're not wrong. <laughs> Gotta also watch The Wrestler if we want a sad time. Jesus. <laughs> that, that one's uh, Darren Aronofsky, right? Yeah. Is it? Oh, I don't think so, I even knew that. No, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, Aronofsky I don't know. I don't, you remember really how good. when we first met and I warned you not to watch Requiem for a Dream back to back? Oh, yeah. Some, uh, I don't remember what other... Depressing. Oh, I uh, we had rented a lot. I was reading Lost in Translation. You were like, "Don't, don't, uh, don't shotgun sh- these movies." Yeah, don't see, shotgun these back to back. See, it's funny because in Requiem for a Dream, back to back has a different meaning. That's true. <laughs> I, I didn't mean it like that, but I do now. <laughs> All, gonna... all of those references are still lost on me because we rented Requiem for a Dream and we had it for probably like a month and we, we talked about it like on a very regular basis of like, hey, do we want to watch this one tonight? And there was always just sort of like, mm, nah, nah, not exactly. <laughs> I haven't actually watched it either, but I know the oh. reference because oh. uh, enough people I... made it around me that I was like what's this fucking thing I, mean? I, ha- I have watched uh, Requiem for a Dream a, a couple of different ways uh, I saw it in the theater actually mm. um, which was uh, leaving that theater you just look around at your friends and you're like oh <laughs> everybody's shell shocked so, um, so <laughs> <just Denny's>? <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like junkie movies hit better in your 20s yeah yeah, I'm old now, and I don't want to watch a bunch of people being. I get constantly reminded of the grim specter of death. I don't need films. To do that. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, I want David Lynch interrogating a monkey. I saw <laughs> I saw Train Spotting just because it was referenced in the first Scott Pilgrim book, and I felt yeah. like I needed clarification. Train Spotting is great, actually. Yeah, I bought it and the sequel. And I haven't watched the sequel yet, even though I know it's not really a junkie movie from what I understand. <laughs> yeah, I also because... haven't seen the sequel. <laughs> 
I want to, though. I'm still going to watch Requiem for a Dream at some point in time. The, the Book of Transpotting is even more depressing. Oh. Is it? Yes. Well, yeah, because yeah, a... that's one of those books where you have to, like, read out the awful phonetic spelling of, like, junky Irish people, right? Yeah. Oh, God. There's also a great scene where uh, Renton, uh, he goes to his, the funeral of his brother who was in the army, and then he, uh, he fucks the brother's... Uh, Pregnant widow in the toilet. Good on you. Good on ya. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's, it's a real uplifting book. <laughs> Speaking of downer films, Ready yeah, to Rumble. So, no not way, downer wait. films. Not a downer. No way, no way, no way. Bad transition. No way, no way. If you want to find the rest of our podcast, you can find them <laughs> at uh, thatpodcastproductions.fireside.fm. Now you can have it back. Also, swears and spoils. Oh, that's this is true. You already spoiled the book Train Spotting for some people. Or at I, least Widow Sex. I spoiled, like, one scene in the book that happens halfway through. I mean, I guess if you really enjoy, like, surprise, sad widow sex that talks about her fucking pregnant belly hanging over a toilet, then, you know, sorry I ruined that for you. Yeah, that's... Could have been a great afternoon. I'm good. <laughs> what is a great afternoon is watching Ready to Rumble. Uh, Ready to Year Rumble. Year 2000. Roadshow Pictures. I don't know. Do you also not like this movie? We'll talk about it. All right. Well, <laughs> this, this, is, you know, this was a pick that we came to uh, actually during the episode last time. Yes. Because I <laughs> they watched the sausage get like, made. <laughs> <laughs> I had seen this once before. Uh, didn't care for it. <laughs> watch it again. Continue to not care for it, but that's okay. We can watch movies that we don't care for. This is true. Um, we watched Freddy Got Fingered. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did make you guys watch that, didn't I? Oh my god! <laughs> this movie, not as I won the podcast when that happened. Not, um, not unlike that movie tonally in some ways. Eh, that's almost sounds offensive absurd. to me. Yeah. yeah, I said in some ways. Sure, in some ways. There's and scenes where they drive cars. Scatological, totally. Like, oh, you know, it is. I think, like, maybe a good approach to this would be to do because we didn't really do this a lot with Freddy Got Fingered to put sort of the the background of where films like this came from and why. A, a film that the premise is, you know, it's these WCW fans that help their their star regain the, the king, but who, not who has, Jerry the King Waller, a different was, the king, a different <laughs> the king, uh, who has fallen into disgrace, uh, regain his stature in in the company. Uh, a very simple premise that doesn't seem to lead you to the idea that somebody is going to be sprayed with fecal matter repeatedly during the film, and yet here we are. <laughs> So why is that? Well, uh, in the 90s, there were some movies. I would say it was the, the Fairley Brothers that really kicked it off uh, with There's Something About Mary, uh, which uh, a film with some scatological elements, including notably a scene in which a woman has a jizz in her hair mm-hmm. accidentally, which she thinks is hairstyling gel, and then she styles her hair with the jizz. Um, and a scene where Ben Stiller... Gets his testicle caught in his zipper, and you get to, to see... I, mean, I assume it's not his real testicle. But you see a prosthesis that, that resembles that. Um, ben Stiller, star of family prosthesis. movies. <laughs> cut, that, cut that scene in The Night at the Museum 3. 
I saw, unre- semi-unrelated, but I saw an Onion article this week that was uh, in uh, controversial surgery, man replaces testicles with Bakugan balls. <laughs> so, so after, uh, I, I, or you were alive then, older, older than, than Cody was, who I think might have been alive then, but was probably not at an age to appreciate gross-out comedy. Oh, well, I mean... I, I'll let you talk over me, and then I'll say my piece in a sec. Okay. Wow. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, that's how the podcast goes, right? That's right, yeah. The format. Um, <laughs> so a- after that, we started to see, I-, I think, a turn in comedy movies towards like more scatological humor and more uh, gross-out humor away from a more PG-13 era that preceded it. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um to 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 respond to your your previous thing though uh, just for a moment, uh, you had to be of a certain age to enjoy these things. I think because I was twenty when this came out and I was already sort of over gross out humor, yeah. so uh, I you know did not see this one. For instance, I was watching junkie movies and, and yeah. <laughs> you know, like... No, I definitely, I think I rented this, I was working at a gas station yeah. that had a few movie rentals and I just grabbed it off the shelf because I was like, why the fuck not? And I watched it and I was like, that's why the fuck not. Yeah. And then I returned it and I would have been in my early 20s. And I... The, and it was not, to not get, entirely to my taste. To get to my, to get to my review portion a little bit, um, not all the way because I do have, uh, you know, kind of a thing to say, but, uh... One of the things that, while watching this, I was just like, this is the guy from Scream, huh? <laughs> the whole time, <laughs> you know? Uh, this, and this was post-Scream, too. This yeah. is where David Arquette went on to. Mm-hmm. This was, uh... <laughs> 2000 this was Scream reward. was 97, and, I believe. But, mm-hmm. but if you want to think about fucked up things in the casting, Rose McGowan is in this movie. Yeah. As the, the support of the female lead. I would say the female lead. In that she's the female character who gets lines more than is even that, though is she's she the nitro rule yeah oh okay yeah i was about to say she yeah you're right she definitely has like i feel like no, no, all the females get yeah like a handful of lines a page's worth yeah. like there's the girls that work at the fast food place as well but they vanish for like 99 yeah. percent of this film yeah um and rose mcgowan's character actually has scenes and interactions with characters uh Rose McGowan, famous as part of one of the initiators of the Me Too thing, uh, outing people who were sexual predators in Hollywood. So one thing that's fun to think about is that uh, she might have had to engage in in, in horrific acts in order to secure a place in Ready to Rumble. I'm just saying it's not worth it sometimes. Horrific acts in order to get involved in this horrific movie. I'm just kidding. It's not horrific. <laughs> well, what I think is just interesting is that, like, I understand it. It is a uh, an adolescent. Uh, it's a very physical comedy. But you guys mentioned the the scatological element. I mean, yes, there is a scene like their profession is they're uh, like sewage people. Basically, they uh, yeah. they uh, clean out porta potties. And there is one scene where their their truck is uh, turned over. And um, I guess they, they're they near the truck a lot. Like, the truck exists almost just as a background joke. But I definitely don't think of this movie as, like, poop humor. It isn't just that, but it's so heavy in the first, because they get rid of the truck about 
like 20 minutes in after the first turn. Yeah, the truck the, but, the truck is out of the movie by the time like I would say the the conflict emerges. Yeah. And it, like right after the conflict has started to emerge, they get that's when the truck overturns. Yeah. But prior to that, it's and and there's definitely for instance the film starts with a bit with David Arquette sticking his hand up his ass. Oh uh, yeah, you know that's true. So that he can that's one of my favorite lines of the whole movie. Into thinking that his squishy <laughs> smells like fecal matter. It smells like my butt. It smells like your butt. <laughs> well, and the thing was like, like biodome, you know. Oh yeah. Is not uncontemporary to this movie. Yeah, and, absolutely. And so that whole opening bit, I'm like, oh, so this is going to be a little bit like biodome, you know? It's going to be a buddy comedy with a couple of stupid guys where stupid things happen, but. Um, I didn't watch it at the time, and I I recently rewatched Biodome, and uh, sadly doesn't hold up. Bio- oh <laughs> like, really? Yeah. We'll see. This I, is I already it since it came out. So yeah, don't, Biodome. Don't, don't ruin it. Just uh, just remember the the fond memories. Well, it's a Polly Shore movie, so it's not like it's fucking Citizen Kane or anything. What the fuck did you just say? <laughs> but. Did you hear what he just said, Josh? I mean, it's not. <laughs> but I... Uh... What the fuck is wrong with you guys? Of course Polly Shore movies are Citizen Kane. <laughs> um, Buddy? Maybe Polly Shore is dead is, but... <laughs> forget it. Forget it. I'm done. You're gonna stand for son-in-law? I'm gonna... Uh, In the army now? <clears throat> You'll be happy to know I popped your daughter's trunk, buddy. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it was nice to see Tiffany Amber Thiessen in her unmentionables, but otherwise, I more don't... more akin for me would be forget it. Hey forget Max, it. no, it's we're not. The hang on, Tower no, 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 of Cheesa. <laughs> yes, well done. Uh, I was worried that we would be attacking Cody's favorite thing, and it appears that Aura is the one that ah! I'm not going to do I'm anything. Gonna swing a mace at you, motherfuckers, and whatever I hit, I hit. Is it Scott Kahn in Biodome? Is he? Who's the other guy? Uh, uh, one of the bald ones. Yeah, it's like yeah, I don't. Yeah, but I don't remember which bald one. Oh, William, I think. Billy Baldwin. Billy Baldwin. Okay. Some. It's, it's Scott Kahn in this one, which mm-hmm. uh, it's David Arquette and Scott Kahn are the. A, a year before two, uh, he uh, he so got James Kahn. Uh, Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. And then and that's another a different Affleck. I don't know if we mentioned Affleck or not. In my head, I was thinking about that. Because they're the brothers in that. But whatever. You just, like, jumped three spaces, buddy. I did. I mean, in my head, I was already there. That's what it's yeah. like to have ADD. Was there an Affleck in this one? Was Casey no, 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 not at all. I Well, so I watched the, the Oceans movies, like, a lot, a lot. And so I Scott Kahn and Casey Affleck as the two brothers are, like, one of my favorite bits in all of those movies. Oh, okay. And so t- in my head, Scott Kahn is always synonymous, like, as, like, that character. Buddy. <laughs> So, okay, but you... Alright, we mentioned a slew of Polly Shore movies and, like, in Biodome and a bunch of other stuff. And and you love Freddy Got Fingered, Josh. Yeah, I do. So that's a... Everybody, I feel like, has their movie where there there's this is, no... This is where Cody is about to swoop in for his defense of this turd, Josh. There's no, Watch like, for it. reason why you might, like, enjoy things... To me, it seems more like a uh, 
like one of those this is a movie made by people who grew up on like the early Adam Sandler movies or saw that and were like oh we could do something like this too I, I should make clear here that when I say it's scatological because I, I thought it was it would be red but I guess I don't know if it has been that doesn't mean it's bad no 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 no, right, no, 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 no. Mary is a very funny movie and I enjoy plenty of, of very scatological films like I Ooh. like Kevin Smith quite a lot and there's always I don't think quite as much of an element of that in his films but there's some so he made a film with a shit demon in it. That's true. Like, That's very true. I don't, I don't a lot of think talking that in that movie. When I say the film is scatological, I just meant it to place in a historical context, not to, yeah. to denigrate okay. it. Yeah, but you, but you don't like this movie. I don't care for this movie. Right. Which I, I, I thought you would like this because to me this is like the quintessential wrestling fan movie. <laughs> to me, this is fanboys, but for WWE. Yeah, I didn't like fanboys either. Well, really? Oh, man, I'm just swinging missing with these ones. This, uh, I don't like fans. Is this thing. Well, and, and this felt like... This movie, more than any other we've watched recently, felt like mental illness on screen in some ways, too. Oh, man. Like, wow. And I, yeah. You'd have to fucking pull, pull out the fucking... Like, Show your work. <laughs> yeah, well, Josh just, is the man. one that likes to dig us in a hole and then slowly dig us out with, no. the, with his social commentary. Well, it's just the way in which they act in this film and like Ooh. sort of the decisions they make and things like that. Like, and okay, so I, I have to I have to preface a lot of my comments uh, by by having one quick preface, which is, um, as I was watching this. Uh, because we didn't have a DVD copy that wandered around like we usually do with these sorts of movies, mm-hmm. uh, I had to go find a you know a a free uh, not p- for uh, paid for copy, uh-huh. and I found a free not for paid for copy of this on YouTube. But the <laughs> thing about it was, oh my it, god, it it had some bits where it would like play the movie for a little while and then just like the sound would stay uh. the same, but it would run out of sequence with some of the video, and so I would see video from like future in the movie. That's fun. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, it's like that Darna movie we watched where the subtitles were lagging. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was a bit like that, actually. Oh my god. And were you there for that one, Cody? That sounds familiar. I think so. I don't, I don't know about if that. that. was that was you or uh, I've definitely seen that happen on multiple streaming um, services, though. So Amazon we, does that a lot. Like, yeah. Because they have a lot on there that they clearly don't give a fuck about. And then the movie would catch back up, so I'd be, like, I'd see the, you know... Um, and so it kept like it kept running out of sequence like this. Eventually, so much so that my brain couldn't handle it anymore, and I just went to the point where I just listened to the audio track <laughs> and and typed some typed a paper in the other well, no. window. So I I didn't have a ton of the visuals. Uh, you took well, a movie with a ton of screaming in it and watched basically the Alvin and the Chipmunks version of it. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say that this is a movie that has a strong visual component. Uh, yeah. I could pretty much tell what was going on. Um, <laughs> no, you can tell what's going on, but I think that yeah. part of what's appealing of it is the visual of it. Yeah. Of and I would switch back to the other window every so often, but yeah. but the problem was just that... So, so you have to take my comments with... Mostly what I was doing was I was hearing the movie more than watching it. <laughs> so I, I think it might be good to walk through the plot. Just sure. Because and, then there, and then I have one other comment, basically, and that's all I have to say about this movie. <laughs> it's, it's a, I would say this film falls into kind of that interesting 
semi-forgotten niche. Like, it didn't come out at a time where it could be overproduced on DVD so that you'd have a million copies in the back room. Right. But, uh... Yeah, we didn't have it have enough of a cult following to Yeah, I tried tried to track down a copy last night and we didn't have it at... I I do think it's interesting, though, that we watched this movie the week after for our other show that we did, Assault of the Killer Bimbos. Because on that one, we talk about... The same thing. That movie is a really simplistic plot that is get yeah. gets recycled a bunch, done badly. This movie reminds me of the same thing. Okay. Like you just you pit it pretty quickly. What's going on? The conflict, and then it's like boom, A to B, pe- uh, pepper in jokes. Yeah, and and the reason that one is more available, I think, has more to do with Charles Band being fairly good at maintaining a library, even of films that he probably. I mean, he keeps Cemetery High in print, and he yeah. didn't like that fucking movie, right. as no one in this world did. <laughs> I challenge you to find a human being that enjoyed the experience of Are watching Are you previewing next week's show already? Sure. <laughs> Look, it's, it's, been, it's, a rough mo- it's a rough month in terms of movies that we're all having to watch here. God, I can <laughs> fucking attest to that. In Holy some, shit. Got, in some in cases, Man some of us, it was a rough, a rough afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> did you watch both of them the same afternoon? I did. I oh. I watched. I did watch them <laughs> back to back on days, though. I can't. I, I can't do any of our up all night movies back to back at all. Mm. That feels like podcast suicide to me. <laughs> I mean, some of them are okay and more watchable than others. Cemetery. Well, we'll find out on the next episode yeah. what we think of <laughs> fucking Cemetery High. Don't want to give away the fucking steak. Just the sizzle. Um. Okay, so Ready to Rumble was... Another interesting thing about it historically is that it was a film made by WCW, which was a mm. company uh, at the time it was made that was in the process of, of dying. Yeah. <laughs> a victim of its own success. Yeah. Another thing that I think is interesting. And, I mean, there's all the like the actual like wrestlers, too, that clearly like go on to like bigger stardom or at least yeah. continued careers. Yeah. Um... But by this point, I think I don't know the exact year, but I think by this point, WCW was hemorrhaging money pretty fast. It's it like, seems like the type of thing that like will make this movie make the WCW seem awesome. Like, look at all yeah. this. Yeah. Um. So this, the, the arc of WCW is this: uh, Ted Turner buys Crockett Wrestling, uh, which was one of the old territories. Uh, to, because he kind of wants to compete with Vince McMahon. There's some bad blood over spots on the USA Network, I believe. Mm -hmm. That is sort of at the root of it. Um, Turner eventually puts somebody named Eric Bischoff in charge, who's somebody who's been bouncing around the wrestling industry for a little while, uh, and is very, whatever else you'll say about him, a very ballsy guy. uh, Because his main idea is... He, there's a fun story that Eric Bischoff tells where he goes into Ted Turner's office and he, Ted Turner's like, why aren't we making any money at this? And he's like, well, why don't you give us enough money to do a, to do a show that, a Thursday night show that competes with Raw? Mm-hmm. Like, we'll go head-to-head with WWE, or WWF at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, expecting Ted Turner will be like, yeah, you're fired. Leave my office now. <laughs> um, instead, Ted Turner was like, okay, <laughs> have money. Make make this happen. We've Holy hired shit. a lot of old wrestlers. This money thing is easy. Um, and so that's what Eric Bischoff did. Uh, with a, a very large checkbook that Ted Turner had, uh, he hired away a lot of the 
golden era superstars and some of the uh, some of the what's what's the new blood I think is the generation after the Bret Hart and Airway Diesel and and uh, Airway two people that proved to be very important uh, Diesel aka Kevin Nash and Razor Ramon aka Scott Hall uh, and then he happened upon this angle where he presented them as though they were still working for WWF and were infiltrating the WCW. Mm-hmm. Although he didn't say it because he couldn't legally say that. It was, it was understood if you weren't a fucking idiot. Uh, and the angle started to get a bit of attention. Uh, and then it, it went critical when Hulk Hogan, who had been brought into the company a while back to, I don't know, I think he mostly just fought the fucking... The, the Dungeon of Darkness or whatever the fuck that shit was where he had to wrestle the Yeti. Um, not kidding. He wrestled a Yeti, which was actually a dude wrapped in bandages. It like sounds awesome, movie. but I also loved this movie, so... Yeah. Um, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, <laughs> so Hulk Hogan uh, turned heel, which was something that he'd never really done in WWF. Uh, except backstage. And... <laughs> Which in which he was pretty consistently working heel, um, <laughs> and became Hollywood Hulk Hogan, there. and uh, teamed up with with Hall and Nash to be the uh, the New World Order, and this became the hottest fucking angle in wrestling. Uh, or you were in high school at the time, as was I. Like fucking everyone had those NWO shirts for a while. That is correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the fucking stinky teenage boys in gym class were airing their reeky pits with the fucking the NWO logo on them. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the equivalent now would be tap-out shirts, right? Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, Bischoff kind of God. let... Like, That's a lot of these big-name hires that they made had... I, I, this is what I would blame, although there's a lot of factors involved in it. Uh, a lot of them were hired with creative control, and a lot of them ended up joining the cool heel faction. So NWO was bloated with people who you'd seen wrestling... Uh, for over a decade already uh, mm. who weren't at their prime uh, and who all had contracts that said they could decide if they were going to win and you know you want to move merch so you tend to win you want to win yeah uh, would it be fair to say that especially at this point in time when they're doing this like WCW stuff is where they really kind of like amp up the soap opera nature of it yeah I would it, yeah, I mean, this is this is sort of the what became the Attitude Era is about right. to happen, uh, and yeah, WCW had some of that too. Um, over in you WWE, remember from the book we read last week. <laughs> yes, over in WWE, which had been stripped of superstars, basically, they began creating a new generation, and they happened into a couple of people, uh, particularly Stone Cold Steve Austin and uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, mm-hmm. and they took. Like, NWO was sort of a, an attitude thing, but it was still very PG. Like, they still wanted it to be children's programming, so they wouldn't mm-hmm. really push the boundaries too hard, which was a, sort of a problem of the big company, because the big company didn't want to be broadcasting stuff that could be obscene because liability and shit, right? Right. Um, WWE had less constraints and went a lot farther in terms of, uh, like, like, the angle where Stone Cold Steve Austin is maybe going to shoot Brian Pillman. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's a fun angle. Well, it, in this movie <laughs> near the end, when uh, one character like uh, has uh, just direct access to a noose inside of the cage match, uh, I was watching it with Haley, and she gasped 
and I was like, oh no, sweetie, don't don't worry. This this is absolutely what real wrestling uh, it <laughs> was like, or often would be like. WWE it was. There was a match in which The Undertaker fought Big Boss Man in Hell in a Cell, and it ends with him hanging him from a noose as the cell raises. Yeah. And you just see Boss Man stop twitching. <laughs> <laughs> Presumably he dies, although he is back on TV in a month or two. Yeah, if you listen to our uh, previous the wrestling... The raises him from the dead. That's his shtick. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, there's there's lots of uh, even worse uh, crass things that uh, all of uh, wrestling has done for the sake of uh, views yeah. or controversy. Before I get too into that again, just listen to the last yeah. wrestling episode we did, because... That is the shit I love. <laughs> you want to know why I love wrestling? Honestly, that's... And that's why I don't want, keep up as much with modern wrestling, because there's so much less of that now. Yeah, Josh is you saying know, this movie you know, wasn't depraved enough for him to like it. No one gets killed in the ring. Nobody rapes corpses. Like, what's, where's wrestling? Where's the wrestling I grew up with? Anyway. <laughs> wholesome children's entertainment. Family adventure programming. So, WCW now had huge contracts that they had to pay off, and they... They paid a lot. They did one thing that they were reputed for is they would fly everybody to shows, whether they were wrestling or not. Jesus Christ. Uh, they had a huge roster. Uh, WWE started picking out their undercard, which was a lot of people like uh, Chris Benoit, who went on to be a bad boy, but at mm. a certain point in his life was a very good wrestler. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero. Uh, even even Steve Austin had been a WCW person. As one of the Hollywood blondes, I believe, was a WCW angle before getting picked out to uh, to WWF, where he would be first the ringmaster, who was a circus circus mm-hmm. wrestler, before becoming Stone Cold Steve Austin because he was fucking sick of dumb gimmicks. Um, Probably not the right career. Yep. <laughs> WCW was left with a depleted undercard, a bunch of old men who couldn't work for shit and uh, really huge salaries and diminishing pay-per-view returns. Uh, And that was sort of the era this movie was made in, like with the company trying really desperately to find a way to make it work again. Uh, Around this time, they also hired a guy named Vince Russo who had been a writer for the WWE during the Attitude Era. Uh, Is a very controversial figure as, as well as Eric Bischoff. Um... And I mentioned both of those people because there's a character in this who you can have an argument over whether he's supposed to be Eric Bischoff or Vince Russo. <laughs> yeah. Is that the, uh, I always forget it's, his name, but Cypher? Yeah. yeah. Cypher. It's, it's Joey Pants. Joey Pantolino. <laughs> I, lo- I love seeing him. You're just like, okay, bad guy. Easy. Yep. Thank you, oh, yeah. thank, thank you for uh, coming to Josh's TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> Joey Pants. Anyway. <laughs> so this, uh, do, do you want to do more? Elite, uh, well, I guess that leads up to like the point in this movie. Do you want me yeah. to run through the synopsis real quick then? Sure. I mean, if you want to go on the end of the WCW saga, uh, they fold in a year or two. Yeah, right. It, <laughs> the it, end. Yeah. All all those guys like uh, port over. They do briefly make David Arquette their champion. Really? That was, that was a Vince Russo thing. Did you not know that? No, 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 no. He appeared to promote this movie. Ah, and were, and, uh, that makes sense. He was in this big like four-way match, and he ended up like accidentally pinning somebody, so he became the WCW World Champion. That's hilarious. And had a, I think like a two-month title run where he kept barely escaping, getting the shit kicked out of him. <laughs> like gold <laughs> dust and diamond Dallas page. Oh my god, that's great though. 
And and now David Arquette is back to wrestling in D and D circuit. Is he really? Yep. Interesting. What else is he doing with his time? Yeah, uh, I don't I've, know. I've heard he's gotten a lot better. Scream Six and will he, come out someday. And to his credit, uh, he always very publicly said that he never wanted WCW to put a belt on him. That he thought it was a bad idea. And <laughs> that he talked to creative repeatedly and said, "Look, I don't. This isn't. This you know, is not good. I like. I like wrestling. I'm in these movies, and I'm want to be on the show because I love wrestling. Mm-hmm. Don't make me the champion. <laughs> I will. I will. It will look stupid." Mm-hmm. And then do it anyway, because Vince Russo is a, a weird freak. <laughs> oh, man. Talk about the, the liberal use of freak as an insult in this movie. It reminded me of exactly 2000. Yeah. Uh, so... A pre-9-11 world was different. <laughs> yeah, God. That is actually very... Astute. Very astute in this movie. <laughs> simpler, simpler <laughs> woes and worries about if your if your favorite wrestler gets dethroned, have a lot of time on your hands. Uh, all right, so so this film, uh, we've got Gordy and oh man, I can't even think of uh, Scott Hans character's name or yeah, who they are. Is it it's, just Scott? <laughs> mm, I don't know. Gordy is the one whose name they end up shouting Sean. like all the time. Go ah, okay, Sean. So uh, both of these guys are layabouts in their what I presume late twenties. They're, they're slackers. This yeah. is this was the early slacker movie era. Uh, it opens with uh, mid slacker movie era, maybe with uh, the the two of them giving a uh, uh, their own version of a TED talk about wrestling to a group of uh, eight year olds. Uh, outside of a convenience store, where then the clerk is an asshole and throws the kids' bikes. So we get a cool David Arquette dream sequence where Macho Man Randy Savage and uh, who's the other guy in the opening scene? There's somebody else oh, that uh, gosh. that uh, helps him, that, that steps in. But it's it's two other like. Uh, uh, it wasn't Sting, was it? No, because Sting's not till the very very end. Is there another old guy? I think so. Man, oh well. Another uh, wrestler. Yeah. Another, another wrestleman. Another wrestleman of uh, of notoriety of name. Uh, they they wrestle and it's fun. Makes you think of Bone Saw from like the Spider Man movie. That's all. Yep. And uh, it's all a dream. Uh, the <laughs> Gordy's character has uh, extremely aggressive uh, police family that want him to join the police force, pointing guns at them literally all the time. I, I do want to quickly interject one thing about the thing about Macho Man is that he's one of the only sort of older superstars that's in it, if I recall. Mm. I mean, most of the rest of them are WCW homegrown talent, which is yeah. sort of indicative of that era when they were no longer like they had all these big names that they still had to pay for, mm. but they weren't using them. Yeah, it's the other person. It's not Hulk Hogan. It's not somebody like that, also yeah. large, but it's still I guess a, Mr. Perfect or something, or, or someone of that caliber. Good God, we could. I mean, we could probably look it up, but it's all right. There's a lot of names in this movie. <laughs> also, I find the cop, the cop family that's constantly telling Gordy that he needs to become a cop. I find that weird because usually when you do that beat in a movie, it's because a guy is like unemployed and his family is like, you have to get a job and make something of yourself. Like Freddie got fingered, right? Right. Um, he's employed in this. They, I he's mean, not a good job yeah, necessarily. They, but they have the job. necessary one. 
It's uh, like his his mom, dad, <coughs> and sister are all uh, cops. So I guess the sister, a, a recent new cop as well, because they talk about your sister shot her her first perp today. Uh, but yeah, that was a chillingly dismissive line. <laughs> yeah, they uh, so they have tickets to this uh, this event in Cheyenne, Wyoming uh, that night. They're very excited about. You get to. See them drive around and do a little bit of their job. This is the this is the part that feels very Adam Sandler movie or Happy Madison movie to me because it's a lot of like not great transitions, but you get to hear like an old lady say something crass and they're like, Haha, that's funny and weird." They go to yeah. like a fast food place and, and hit on girls. Is this when they also had the nuns in their truck? No, that's that's later. Sorry, <laughs> that's a great scene. And, and there's always like sink. you're right that it's sort of an Adam Sandler early Adam Sandler pattern, you, you deliver like one bit of plot to sort of justify this. Yeah. And then it's like a, a sketch. Basically. Right, exactly. And so we should mention, I don't, think, I don't know that we said explicitly, they're sanitation engineers. They yeah. suck the shit from porta potties. Yeah, we talked about it earlier. But uh, So right before they're about to go, though, they're, they're doing one last uh, cleanup, and Scott Codd needs to go to the bathroom, and he turns to his friend, he's like, don't do it. Friends don't do it to friends. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And uh, he tells them, if you do it, uh, the king is their favorite wrestler, who's like the fake character created for this uh, movie, who's like the undisputed WCW champion at this point in time. And uh, he's like, if you do it, the king will get hurt. And he's like, I'm not going to do it. And what he is referring to is sticking the suction hose in the back of the porta potty in use and uh, pulling your butt through the bottom of the seat. So he does it, of course, and it's funny, blah, 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 whatever. Or, you know, arguably funny. Uh, but the the sake is the the point of the purpose is to jinx their favorite wrestler. So so they get there and uh, I do want, I want to say with the section thing. I did read a story by uh, Chuck Palunic that, that had a similar premise but ended a little differently. Yeah, I feel like something would end up tearing in yeah. that uh, in that yep. scenario. Prolapse. <laughs> it's called prolapse. Yeah. Makes me think of uh, the Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where they're like, "Matt, can an asshole tear in half like tissue paper, bitch?" <laughs> Uh, so they, they go to the show and uh, obviously since he is the famous uh, like he's the undisputed champion and his whole gimmick is uh, is nobility and royalty stuff which arguably is one of the lamer gimmicks of anybody else in the movie Yeah, in, in fairness there have been a million wrestling games, right. and there still are right now WWE has a King Corbin gimmick I, gimmick I think unless they've gotten rid of it in the last few weeks yeah so, but he's uh, he's late. Everybody else is is doing you know their job, and that's where the uh, the uh, owner, seemingly of the WCW, takes uh, Diamond Dallas Page to the side, who is supposed to be fighting the King, and it's like, hey, King's supposed to win, but I told you I'm going to take care of you. Tonight's your night. So they they fix it, and uh, the the two character the main characters watch live as their hero is like uh, brutally beaten around, and then. Uh, more people come in to beat on him, and then his own team comes up, and then they all stand around and like kick the shit out of him. And it's it's kind of odd because the the thing in wrestling is between other things are shoots or works, right? Like a shoot is something that's genuinely happening, and a work is prearranged, right? And so we're presented the idea like it's supposed to be a worked match. We're in a world where wrestling is worked, mm-hmm. uh, but then the the Joey Pants, aka Eric Bischoff, aka Vince Russo, pulls aside Diamond DDP. Uh, not for yoga purposes, but to tell him to uh, 
that he that he has to go into business for himself, as it's called, and and win legit, like mm-hmm. actually beat the shit out of this. Yeah, guy you got to fight, fight. Uh, but later on, it doesn't like they keep letting him back on, and there's sort of a blurring of the line between whether the show is real or not. It seemed like to me. Yeah. Well. So. So this. This part is obviously there. Like we want to get rid of this guy. Like he. He's ungrateful. Blah blah. blah like all these other things, and that's that's the motivation for our two characters to be like, <coughs> oh well. So they're they're driving home and they're they're crying about uh, the their hero's loss and they crash the truck, and so the the truck is the last thing that uh, Scott Kahn's dad left to him before he died. So now they don't even have jobs anymore, and they're they're hitchhiking back. And then they decide like, look, maybe it's all a sign. Like we were here for a reason to see this. We lost our jobs for a reason. Like all this stuff happens. So they set out on now the rest of the movie to to find King and get him back into the graces. And so they're they they it at this point I feel like it changes because like I said earlier the mm. transitions don't really like make sense like it's it's clearly just like we're we're putting humor in but they do a pretty good job I would say of setting up like his his ex wife and his legitimate or it's like his first son they they find and well they have a, a good thread to chase as opposed yeah. to the beginning where they're very they spend a lot of time just sort of creating world and and expositing mm-hmm. uh, and also padding in jokes right uh, and, and I would also say there's a, a decline at this point after the the car crash which by the way why did they bring the sewage truck to the fucking event I assume it's that well so they like, na- next is or is none hitchhiking scene that they're talking about I assume <laughs> it's their only mode of transportation because they also use it to drive through the burger place. And impress the girls with their sewage truck. Yeah. Anyway. Um. <laughs> so yeah, then there's... Uh, I also forgot to mention already, now we have uh, heard the iconic My Own Worst Enemy song, which uh, was definitely the theme song for this film. Mm. It plays twice. Uh, then you get to hear a group of nuns sing Running with the Devil by Van Halen. That's kind of fun. And, and when it gets out, it smelled like farts in there, but it turned out it wasn't Gordy or Sean. So it was the, the nuns. Oh, my God. Uh, I guess there this are a lot of This is worth taking jokes. a minute of screen time to establish. Did, did you just forget about the scatological stuff? Is that... Cause every I think time, I did. I watched it last... There's th- a lot less. Like, you don't actually see fucking... Like, in the spraying scene, you see shit on human faces. Yeah, like... It's, it's eight crazy nights type shit. Yeah. I'm not, like, I'm not fond of that. Like, <laughs> the farting nuns thing is scatological, but it's not as... you know. As well, but every time you say joke. something, Cody's... Cody's like, oh yeah, yeah, I guess there was that. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was dismissive of it at first, but uh, I, I watched it last night. It's very fresh in my memory. But uh, I, again, repeated viewing with uh, rose-colored glasses. <laughs> I like this movie. It's it's stupid enough. It hits my uh, strange wilderness yeah, that's fine. like itch. Man, you you, you don't it? need to justify. <laughs> no, no, no. I just also wanted to talk about strange does. wilderness for a second. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Uh, so they 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 follow a path that uh, paints the king in a very very bad light as a sh- all around shitty yeah. person. And they have this idealized idea of him as this like superhero. They make leather WWKD bracelets. Like the, yeah. these are two meathead characters, which I, I wanted to say since the point this show is to kind of compare it to the medium from from last week. I did think it reminded me of the uh, then now forever comics where. 
all like all of those people are already established wrestlers, but mm-hmm. the arc that these guys go through in the movie, like they already look like they're wrestlers at the beginning of the movie, like to a degree. Because obviously Oliver Platt has kind of the uh, the mankind type build. Yeah. But uh, his, his gimmick is dumb as shit, though. I refuse to accept that a wrestling federation would. What? I know there've been other kings, but the idea that the top guy in the federation would be dressed in like a royalty leather. Yeah. Well, and... didn't we talk about Oliver Platt last week too? For some reason. Yeah, maybe in reference to this. Oh yeah. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> they called him. He's he's a guy you get when you can't get. I don't know. Philip Seymour Hoffman's dead now, so I guess Oliver Platt needs to get work. <laughs> I mean. As I said, Matt, he's on Chicago. He's on the Chicago shows, mm-hmm. primarily Chicago Med, and he's he's kind of a fat dude. He like he like rounded out like you know me and you, Josh. <laughs> he's not not a fat dude in this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but like David I just, Arquette, I just remember him from Three Musketeers. You know, <laughs> like oh god, that's right. Uh, but yeah, David Arquette and James Con both like I wouldn't say chiseled, but they're like lanky enough. And with, like, they're not scrawny-looking dudes. They wear, like, baggy clothing and stuff, but they they clearly could go through the same wrestling arc. But they convince King to uh, sabotage, like, they finally butter him up. Uh, he tells them all, you know, like, you know it's fake. And they're like, it's not fake, it's not fake. And he's telling a point blank, it's, like, it's staged, they do it, blah, blah, blah. They uh, convince him that they can get him one punch at uh, Sinclair, which is the guy that the pants character. Yeah, the Joey Pants. Joey Pants, yeah. So uh, they uh, are recording a behind-the-scenes bit for another thing, and they sabotage him pretty well. Yeah. They beat him up in front of cameras, and it's one of those things where it's like, it's such great footage, they don't stop rolling, and uh, they... It's weird because they're implying that they're broadcasting the the backstage like presser live uh-huh. to the to the stadium. Why would you do that? I just always assume those things are pre-recorded. Oh, I mean, it's a it's a film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I don't know. I know. I get what you're saying. <laughs> there are, there is a lot of uh, sweater holes in this movie. <laughs> so they uh, they get they get the drop on him and basically convince him to say like all right you know steel cage death match if he survives like he gets to be the champion again uh then they need to uh they throw a party they, now is when it's the training montage they got to get him with the uh the old blood guy sal uh sal something sal something he's he's pretty much supposed to be too hard i think yeah he, and this guy's definitely in a bunch of other like comedy movies. He's like an extremely like facial actor. Stu Hart, famous dickhead. <laughs> but uh, he he throws him around. They they he, wrestle. He hurt people a lot. Oh, I'm, really? <laughs> Stu Hart? Like oh, in, yeah, the, the actor is for. No, or, it wasn't an actor. Oh no no no! You're talking the head of the Hart family. Right 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 right. The the like character he's modeled after. Yeah yeah okay. So. Uh, now we're we're basically in like the last third of the movie. It's the last of the the training montage. Uh, one of the Nitro girls, or like uh, maybe for like real boxing, a number girl, if you will, uh, seems to quote unquote fall for David Arquette's character, but she is just uh, a plant from Sinclair to find out more information. Uh, he gets a little disheartened by this, but eventually his like his dad comes to pick him up. While they're recruiting, uh, 
the King Jimmy King's posse. And so then uh, he, for seemingly no reason at this point, is finally like, all right, I give up. Like, I'm going to do what my parents, like, tell me to do. And uh, they they start the wrestling match, and it's the cage match, and lots of stuff happens, and then he shows up with a... It's a, it's a classic WCW match because it's like a triple-tier cage. Yeah. And that was a big thing WCW was known for, were mm. these really elaborate gimmick matches. I think the one that people make fun of the most is the Viagra on a pole match. <laughs> um, but they did have multi-layer. They had, a, they had one that Cactus Jack participated in. It was an electric chair match. Mm. Wherein they electrocuted Abdullah the Butcher in the middle of the fucking ring. <laughs> Yeah, they Not always love. Real. Yeah, well, they love doing those like sparks and like electrified fence bits and things like that. At War Games was a thing with multiple rings and shit that I don't get. Yeah, this was the point where Haley was like, "So I don't understand the purpose of a cage match," and that's why I was like, "Okay, well, this is literally all just for the sake of building like drama and tension. The idea that they can't escape or that they're now suddenly unsafe because they're locked in there with a madman and there's no." There's no ref. Uh, there's a ref inside the ring with there's, them, right? It depends on the kind of cage match. Like there's different stipulations. Like the classic WWE Hell in a Cell is, I believe, uh, no DQ. Yeah. But you can. But you're still. It ends with a countout or with an escape. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Most cage matches are, are, are sim. Just a generic cage match would be all wrestling rules apply, but there's also this cage. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's a stipulation where you can climb out. It's no more than the, the bank, door. That's for sure. <laughs> there are ladders involved, though, which is great. I feel like any chairs are cool, but getting hit in the face with a ladder. Cage matches shouldn't have ladders. <laughs> a three-tier one. The cage. Uh, fair. <laughs> <laughs> not, not to Oliver Platt's mankind body. Yeah, no, Oliver Platt ain't climbing a fucking cage. <laughs> Oliver Platt's stunt double can climb a cage. <laughs> There are a couple of really, really good, uh, like, face shots where it looks like he really is taking some of these stunts, yeah. but uh, definitely not. I, I would probably argue <laughs> maybe uh, Diamond Dallas Page and Goldberg and some of those other guys are probably taking their, their real stunts, because why not? Possibly. Um, uh, and we didn't even mention uh, there's minor subplots involving Sting and Goldberg being asked to yeah. to join with the King after one of his many refusals mm-hmm. <laughs> to to do fight. Yeah, there's yeah the, he's because there are several times where he's like they're trying to you need to get back on top and he's like nope I'm gonna run away. Yep. There's one of my problems with the movies they hit that beat a bit too often for my taste. <laughs> He uh, he goes like back home to apologize to like his wife and his son, and he's like, "I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna make right. I'm gonna do right." And uh, the final act of the movie for the like cage match has every classic stereotype of like W like a WW surprise. Like, holy shit, his son is actually one of the people, and they he's like, "Come on, son," is like, "Don't do this to me," and it's all just a ploy to attack him further. Gordy comes I mean, back when I mean, you think he's out. The thing with the sun is poorly set up, and I want to dislike it, but there's something in the interaction between Oliver Platt and this fucking goofy kid that got yeah. to play this kid that is actually really fun. So I will say that is one of the, the... The little bit of the ring between them is one of the high points of the film for me. His braces crack me up. I'm going to give that boy a damn good dentist. They, they have a good chemistry between each other, and it really it's a fun moment. <laughs> 
I don't uh, even know why I like that moment. But yeah, it's a very specific moment out of this movie of uh, lots of specific like bits and jokes and things. Do you want women you ripping like off outfits <laughs> to reveal bikinis? This movie has that a lot. Do you like people getting hit in the nuts? This movie's got that a lot. Do you like... Oh, another interesting thing, I think we've given the synopsis for it. Did we even mention Rose McGowan's character? I, we, we, yeah, we talked about the, the Nitro Girl. Okay. That uh, Sinclair plants. She. Oh, yeah. she Sorry, I'm memory. No, nah, you're my good. Age. But yeah, Gordy has sex with her. Yeah, loses his virginity. Or maybe just beats her up. Like it's not clear. <laughs> yeah, I do like the implication that they're they're actual physical blows landing. He actually. And here's an example of comedy in this film that doesn't work for me. Like Rose McGowan jumps on top of him and rips off her shirt, and he screams for an object <laughs> and hits her. Because I guess he's too much of a man-child to understand what breasts are. I, like, I, it, 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 the joke just doesn't... Like, it's... Again, mental illness on screen. <laughs> yeah. It makes him seem That's, like he's a fucking... Like he has Down syndrome or something. Yeah. Instead it, of just being... And that's that's a when you have these dumb character movies, you have to walk that line very carefully. Like, see Dumb and Dumber, and yeah. sometimes some of the bits like that, you're just like, no, he's actually like developmentally uh, problem. Well, this a problem. It's it's an example of like when you're trying to use stupid humor to come off like as a as a double entendre innuendo, but it's yeah. not in a smart way, like Arrested Development or It's yeah. Always Sunny in Philadelphia or something like that, where like how wrong they are and how like firm they believe it and won't back down from it is part of the joke. This is and just him screaming and being stupid. And it feels like a bit that's pitched at like, oh, I gotta punch up the script for some jokes. Mm. Someone's like, oh, he's using your tits and he's like, foreign objects. <laughs> and, you know, in a, in a just a joke context, you're like, okay, ha, it's funny that he's, you know, using this wrestling terminology. But like, when you put it into a story, it just makes him like perplexingly troubled. <laughs> like, concerningly. You're like, you want... This man-child is about to have sex. Like, this is about to be exploitative. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I, I don't think we ever officially said what happens at the end, but uh, they win. Yeah, surprise, surprise. They win and they all shocking. get shocking. Yeah, they, they win and they're all part of uh, Jimmy King's new crew and it's a happy ending. And they go back to the gas station to, and have their wrestling friends beat up a a clerk. Haley was like, ooh, uh, so I that guy just walking all, around like that all the time, huh? Which I assume means they all go to jail. Because <laughs> they've just assaulted a man. So the the end of the film is like, fucking David Arquette's family pulls up and they all fucking go to jail. Nah, I used to right? work overnight at a gas station. It's pretty much anarchy. <laughs> legal? You can just beat up a fucking guy at the... Depends on it, how, uh, how well your CCTV is running. Mm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Do you get? Was there any? Was there any bits at all besides the father son moment? And for for you, Aura, was there anything at all in this movie that you that you chuckled at? Oh, I chuckled at plenty. Yeah. Uh, I just <laughs> I don't, don't want to give the impression that this was a joyless watch. It wasn't. No, that, it wasn't it, terrible. It, yeah. It was, um, compared to a certain other movie that we're going to talk to in a week, it was very I would say <laughs> yeah oh my god there's sometimes where watching the other shows or the uh, the movies for the other show feels like pulling teeth yeah and it was never it was never really like that there were just a lot of jokes that didn't land with me sure it's same sure. uh, uh but it's the I, I liked the interaction between between uh James Caan's son the son of the guy from the Godfather uh, <laughs> who was in this movie uh. um <laughs> and uh 
and 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 the nerdier chick from the because like, he has he has a crush on the like the cheerleadery chick that works at this fast food place, but mm. like there's also a nerdier girl who's into wrestling, and that's that's the the true arc is he needs to discover blah 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 blah. That blah. he loves her. She so he which they do in about three minutes. Yeah, she time. takes him <laughs> into the trailer. Yeah. You don't get to see her for the rest of the movie. She's yeah. not there. He goes in the trailer with him, then comes out and they're wrapped together in a blanket and they're they're uh, they're naked. Yeah. They were, I guess they were fucking. They were up to the devil's business. They have decent chemistry, and they should have <laughs> given it some fucking time because their conversations are f- like that. That actress is kind of funnily awkward in a sort of. Uh, oh, what's her name? Uh, you're thinking of the. Uh, there were no utensils at medieval time, so there are no utensils Janine at medieval. Oh no! Oh really? I would, I would remember that one for sure. Uh, she was on the <laughs> Daily Show a bit. She was on Flight of the Concords. Oh, Kristen Shaw. Kristen Shaw. She reminded me of Kristen Shaw in sort of the awkwardness, but not oh. as, not as over the top. Yeah, like, like she's, she's built a career little, on that character. That, Kristen Shaw has. Yeah. This was sort of an, an earlier, less extreme version of that sort of halting nerd girl. Yeah, who's secretly super hot. Mm-hmm. For sure. And Kristen Shaw often gets rid of the secretly super hot part and is just a nerd girl, you know, <laughs> yeah. which is the fun, despite the fact that she is, in fact, super hot. Interesting. I'll probe on that later. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> Cody just wants to hear it's not all bad news. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just try- God, I'm just trying to keep this show look, going. We're, look, we're I, at an hour, so we, we can I, wrap it up whenever. I, well, like I said, my opinion was colored by the yeah. medium by which I was uh, partaking. Sure. In. So, <laughs> yeah. um, seeing things out of sequence, uh, you know, did not help. Uh, but... There, like, Josh knows there. Are, there are move, certain movie tropes now that, like, I can't sort of engage with, and mm. one of those things is like these, you know, sons disappointing fathers sort of thing. Oh. Like whenever, <laughs> whenever this comes on screen, I have to like shut it down for a little while and be like, I'll come back to this later, <laughs> you know. Um. So so this was one of another one of those yeah. those movies where heavy. Yeah, I heavy was like, throughout. well, even though it's not a heavy movie, no, it had no, that no, heavy, that, yeah, you know, but it had uh, a resonance that it didn't, yeah, really mean to have exactly. Yeah. Um. So so that that plot, I was like, okay, maybe that'll like go by the wayside, <laughs> like, or you know, maybe it'll just be a thing they'll follow up on at the end. But they just kept hitting the beat, and I was—it's <laughs> like, oh, like this is interminable. Mm. Um, but having said that, you know, I mean, it's got slapstick. It, it, it had some funny bits, you know. Uh, you know, uh, it's it's another gross-out film, and mm. uh, you, I feel the same way about it. Ultimately, that I feel felt sort of about Freddy Got Fingered, which is sure. I I watched it now. <laughs> <laughs> Because Ready to Rumble was, you know, another one of those movies that just missed. I didn't, you mm-hmm. know, even mm-hmm. though, uh, I don't know if this was the same era you were doing this, Josh, but for me, like, I was at the theater every Friday night, you know, to see whatever movie came out that week, you know. And so I would, you know, sometimes it would be Friday and Saturday where I'd watch, you know, two movies for that week. So during this era, I've seen a lot of the movies mm-hmm. just by virtue of... It came out, so I will plunk down my five dollars, and I will see that. Right. I was watching videos a lot more in this time. Ah, it was. Uh, 
depending on exactly when in 2000 it was out, I might have been working for movie theaters. But when I lived in San Francisco and I was working at movie theaters, I mostly went to indie movies. <laughs> and I missed a lot of, like, I never saw any of the Mission, Mission Impossible movies. I just decided I didn't want to see them because I would rather watch uh, Croupier. Well, I had a... I had a, uh, <laughs> or, a, or, a or a screening of uh, Breathless. I had a bad experience at the indie theater in Omaha uh, wherein I went to a Rocky Horror showing and had no idea uh, uh, about the whole deal. You, you and a lot of people have that uh, yeah. unfortunate first uh, yeah. in, encounter. And I, I didn't realize it was a thing until I was... Th- and I'm like... This is irritating me. <laughs> See, I was actually the same way. No one told you. You just yeah. showed up for it. Yeah. Wow. I uh, the I the first time I watched Rocky Horror was uh, a friend, uh, a friend's like mom was way more into the idea of it, uh-huh. so they were gonna host up a, a party for it, and people were supposed to dress up, but nobody dressed up except for the the mom of the party, and the mom printed off the scripts and had all of the things like the spoons and the toast and the newspapers and the stuff that you're supposed to have. And yeah, it was like, I've never seen the movie at all, and so it's so frustrating when you're like, I don't, I, I want to know what the plot of this movie is. I don't <laughs> want to know what these stupid fucking extra jokes you're adding yeah. on top of stuff is. So yeah, I, I hated that movie for a really long time. I love it now, though. One of my favorite musicals. I was I was involved a lot in theater in Omaha, and I, I think you were involved in theater as well, but maybe oh, in a yeah. different environment. In Omaha, there were a lot of people that were into Rocky Horror there. Yeah. Was, one guy in particular definitely explained what was... I didn't... I've never been to a show of Rocky Horror as a, like, with a cast production or anything. I've only ever watched it on uh, oh, really? Blu-ray and not with any of the stuff on it because fuck that stuff. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want somebody script of what's fucking it, it's, it's, a, it's a movie it's sequel Shock so you haven't been very to a film. Rocky Horror showing where they nope. throw things or where they don't it's... care dated someone who was in one once oh so um, you're talking about like the film showing where they do so because yeah. they don't they don't do that for like a theatrical Oh, not, they, not a theatrical, but you know like a live theater thing no there was an audience participation showing that I went to at, mm-hmm. at uh Oh, what's the name of that? Why can't I think of the theater on the Dundee? The Dundee, thank you. Mm. On the Dundee theater, like they they were doing the whole thing, and I was just like, okay, this is this is a party I was not invited to. That's, <laughs> that's how I felt. You, me <laughs> and uh, me and a friend went to see K State when their college theater per, uh, did it, and they had not the same movie stuff, but they when you bought your ticket, you got a little gift basket that had things in it that they would tell you and, and like the, it was oh, one see, where that would have prepared me a little better yeah they, and i mean they were that that theater was really cool because they had it specifically set up where it's like parts of the like auditorium seating were parts of the like scenery too so yeah. they were like dancing all throughout the whole thing but so that was different but fun experience and there was this dude uh, that I hung out with around the theater communities that I was hanging the with. The was who, No. Uh, who, who was really into uh, the Rocky Horror, and that's how I, I, I think I first really heard about it. Sure. Uh, fun fact about that guy, he's now like an IT libertarian with a daughter who's uh, almost, uh, I think she's in high school at this point. And he's a mason. Life takes us weird fucking places. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like getting old, I remember Josh. going to dumb theater parties with that dude. Yeah, if if I I was just thinking if I was gonna date myself when I'm in the theater stuff like you were talking it means about carbon date not like go out on a date <laughs> right. with by the way uh, 
Rocky Horror wasn't as big of a thing, but people were fucking <laughs> obsessed with Repo the Genetic Opera. Really? That was Is that a, the new one? Ugh. No, I mean new-ish. I mean fucking it's like Yeah, no, it's Yeah, it's like 15 years old now at this point, but Don't 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 say that. You yeah, no, that movie's me of that shit ever. <sighs> <laughs> Man, like, this will be a hot take for if people I know listen to this, I guess, but I really don't care for that thing at all. I haven't watched it. It looks fucking terrible, and its fucking poster was all like, by the people behind Saw, and I was like, Saw is a turd. <laughs> Saw, is, Saw is a turd that you think is, it's it's the shit where you think you, you lay out a huge turd, and you're like, ugh, well, at least that's over, but like, oh, nope, more coming. You just keep we're, laying turds we over at, and over. We were at Birds of Prey the other day, and there Still was another a, one there, coming. There was a Chris saw Rock spiral. Chris uh, Rock is from reducing. the Book of Saw. Yeah, we were and and Josh like very audibly in the theater said, "Oh God, another one." <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, might have. <laughs> I, I unironically like love the first Saw movie. But that franchise it's, fucking sucks. The first one was the best one. At least you have yeah. Carrie Elwes. Yeah, see, um. Carrie Elwes. They shot. They shot it in like two days with like an insane budget. It's. I, mean, I felt it was. I know the first one's a little predictable, but it's it has yeah. an interesting idea and it keeps it simple. Exactly. And all the other ones I've watched like yeah. two. I think maybe three, maybe five. I have watched them Aaron all. And I watched the last one. Ugh. Fucking. Garbage movies. Yeah, the, they're gore porn. Do not care about that mythos. Well, the thing that started to really piss me off was like at the beginning, the whole point is that you might sacrifice something, but you could always win. You could always yeah. live. And then later, like different people are building the traps and stuff like that, and they're just punishments. Like there's no yeah. way to survive. I was like, what's the fucking moral here then? Anything? Yeah. No. I think what I said about it at the time when I saw it was I liked it better when it was called Seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Because Seven is the smarter version of that fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> but, and there's just, the thing that bugs me the most is all the world building in it. Like, it's Jigsaw, mm. and it's Jigsaw's wife, and it's Jigsaw's fucking <laughs> apprentice, and it's Jigsaw's dog walker, and it's <laughs> Jigsaw's barber, and that's Jigsaw's gonna be, fucking, I don't care. That's the connecting thread to the new Chris Rock movies, Jigsaw's barber. <laughs> Jigsaw's barber Spoiler. named Spiral. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> oh my. He's, he's gonna torture them using Jigsaw's bidet. <laughs> no thank you. God, I remember where, like, there was a time Cody period. Cody has a bidet story. Wait for it. I don't have a bidet story. Oh, no, I, I just a, go, go on. I have I was, a bidet. I was, I was <laughs> proud, proud uh, salesperson for a bidet. Buy bidets. Or, and I actually have an in-joke about the Saw movies, too, from when we saw the the it's last true. one. We were trying to come up with different different devices, and the one that we came up with is that you have to jerk off a turkey, <laughs> and, like, the vial has to hit a certain amount to, to diffuse the trap, but you can't <laughs> pull over. When you say the last one, do you mean the Saw, the, the final chapter, the final or do you mean Jigsaw? Final chapter, okay. not Jigsaw. I also didn't see Jigsaw, because at that point I was also like, man, you fuckers made, like, I watched him with my dad, so it was one of those, like, we watched all of them, yeah. and I was like, I'm not gonna fucking sit down and watch you, like, drag this tired premise out one more time. 
fucking Christ, let the guy die. I'm, su- I'm surprised they didn't do, like, a series of direct-to-video ones, you know? Like, yeah, they always seemed, had the money. That seemed like the trajectory it was going to go. I'm shocked after two it didn't go direct-to-video, to well, be honest. Like, and people like the Final Destination movies a lot more, but in my head they're almost like two sides of the same <coughs> type of coin. Like, there's yeah. a needless amount of those movies, just like there's a needless amount of Saw movies. One defense I will say of Final Destination is at least they're after like the first couple they get goofy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that was kind of maybe the idea. I know exactly who was for... in one of those. Really? <laughs> yeah. My good uh, old friend Nick D'Agosto. Did he die? Is he a person who gets like mauled or brute? I think so. Do you remember which one it was? I think it was four. Is that the? It was the one where they did the video, the, the actually really cool music video of Saved by the Bell. <laughs> Did you ever see that? Uh-uh. We're watching that after this fucking episode. We did a music video for one of them where they're all characters from Saved by the Bell, but they're all dying and oh shit, that sounds awesome in, in fucking Final Destination ways, and it's better than the movie. I will say that. <laughs> I think it was for Nick D'Agosto. Is that is that, that, is that the? From I will Day say Warrior. about Final Destination. It has one of the. It is one of the only like jump scares don't usually get me. Oh, but yeah. Final Destination has a very particular jump scare that got me. Which is uh, that one? The uh, I think it's in the it's either in the first or the second one when she gets hit by the bus. Oh yeah, <laughs> like that was a good one. Yeah, modern. That was I love when I watched that movie. That was the moment I was like, okay, I love this movie. Yeah. <laughs> modern cinema has just made me paranoid of like any time people are driving in a car and you can see more like the the screen is split where you can see a lot of the window or if they're standing in a street and you can't see really anything besides the character framing a paranoia that's just like you hit by a fucking bus like mean girls did it (laughs) ghost town did it like a billion movies do this thing yeah that's a device that's gotten very fucking tired (laughs) accidental bus slamming all right, well, we, we had a fun, we had a I didn't know Josh looked like he had a thought, so I was waiting no. for it. Uh, yeah. I was like, I'd like to actually really enjoy this conversation, but it's nothing to do yeah, with I was just thinking it had nothing to do with Ready to Rumble, but <laughs> well, it's sure, I mean, fun. David Arquette was in Scream, and, you know, there, there you go. There's your thread. There's your thread. And Rose McGowan as well. That's true. And and Rose McGowan's uh, butt in that fucking skirt that they did the... That's right. You know the scene. Yeah. <laughs> you know the scene. I do. She she was she was uh, put in uh, if I recall she she was put in the marquee as one of the stars of that movie and then they <laughs> murder her in like the first thirty seconds. Well, so it was Drew Barrymore. That was the uh, yeah. And no, she isn't murdered in the first thirty seconds. It's Drew Barrymore. Oh, that's right. Drew Barrymore Rose, was. Yep, you're right. You're right. Rose makes it to like the late second act. Yeah, she's one of the first of the quarter. I was thinking of Drew Barrymore mm-hmm. scene. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like. Like, I kept half expecting her to come back. <laughs> like, it's just like when uh, when Steven Seagal gets sucked out of the airlock in Air Force One, and you're like, oh, he's coming back. <laughs> yeah, Steven Seagal, he survived, right? <laughs> Sorry to spoil Air Force One for I, listeners. <laughs> I love movies that, that do that fake out, where you think somebody is going to play a much, much... And not in like a... Like a like a DC cab Mr. T kind of way but they like intentionally mislead you and be like oh this guy's in it like a lot yeah. and then they're not <laughs> they get fucking killed like in a hilarious bit like right at the beginning of the movie yeah remember when everybody thought that uh that um 
Breaking Bad guy. I just blanked on his uh, name. Brian Cranston. Yeah, when Brian Cranston was going to be like the main actor of the Godzilla 2014, <laughs> and then surprise, it was just another military movie with the the guy f- from uh, Kick Ass. I didn't see that. Oh really? No. It was. Everybody was really bummed. Godzilla's always suck. (laughs) Oh, King of Monsters rocks. Okay. King of Monsters is really... Yeah. Oh, watch that one. Did you see that one yet? Uh, I'm not that far in my Godzilla watching. I had to to pause (laughs) for for some other stuff. Matthew Broderick ruined it for me. Oh, my God. Well, that's... uh, (laughs) You're picking the worst one of the worst ones. And, like... There's some real, and like some of the early ones are really bad ones. Like, we we just picked up the uh, Godzilla vs. Hedorah movie, and that one's a fucking turd, too. What? Laura's gonna have some opinions on this shit. Are you fucking. What is wrong with you? Listen, a loving turd. You son of a bitch! (laughs) Polly Shore, Ghidorah, get out of my podcast! No, no, Hedorah. No, wait. Hedorah, the like toxic sludge monster. Never mind then. See, man, you want to yeah. you want to say anything to me now? No. <laughs> <laughs> you still don't like Polly Shore movies. I would I didn't ever said I didn't like Polly Shore movies. Go to the tape. I think we oh, we'll go to the tape. I think I, I, I merely implied that there was a certain brain caliber associated with Polly Shore movies. I'll say I don't like Polly Shore movies. <laughs> Get out of my I podcast. Don't, Josh. Necessarily Crucify mean it, but Josh. I'll say it just to fucking piss her off. <laughs> Uh, Leaning right. Tower of Chisa. <laughs> Goof Troop's okay. So let's uh, let's wrap this. Trash or treasure, Josh? Uh, that's the I have trash or it, treasure. Right? Yeah. Oh. Is, is it trash? Is it treasure? Is it treasure? Is, is it trash? Existence is it treasure? Farce. <laughs> what? It's the goth version. Okay. <laughs> To so, die by my side. so, Trash or Treasure is a uh, a fun little game we used to wrap up the the further adieus. Where uh, Josh, it's fun. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> I was actually looking at my my toe because I think I bet one of my toenails. But you know, sure. Josh is bleeding over there. Um, so. Uh, uh, it's a it's a it's a it's a game we use to wrap the show uh, where uh, we pick uh, two two things. Uh, Josh used to always pick movies. I, I I sort of stretch it because movies are harder to, to find sometimes. So uh, the and we figure out which one is worth a lot and which one is not. So uh, the two objects this week, guys, uh, a thumbnail sized uh, piece of the ring from World War Three. A World War Three uh, WCW match, or a signed mask by David Arquette, Scream Mask. Interesting. Ooh. Okay, Scream Mask signed by David Arquette, or a, a piece of like like a thumbnail size piece of the ring from <coughs> World War Three, a W. I, I assume a WCW, WCW yeah. match. Interesting. Uh, yeah, World War Three was WCW, I believe. Do you do you know what it was? I I sort of had hoped you'd know what it was. I was going to look it just up. Just a pay per view. Okay, <laughs> I don't. I don't know if they had any sort of special match stipulation or anything, but I think yeah. it was just a pay per view. Man, well, that's that's so interesting because, like, I know from the job that we work at that the like value of speculative items like this skyrockets when there's no chance of you getting another copy of it. Mm-hmm. So for something like WCW, which, as you know, Josh gave us the history of earlier, it was a short lived period of a franchise that people fucking love but so is scream 
Uh, I'm going to go the WCW is treasure. Is a treasure. I'm going to say, if it's if it's a thumbnail-sized piece of a wrestling ring, I'm going to say there is a thousand thumbnail-sized pieces of this wrestling ring that you could buy, and the Scream mask probably probably is running you at like a buck fifty to two hundred maybe hundred fifty two fifty two hundred so uh the you guys are correct it is the thumbnail uh size thing that is uh treasure oh uh, yeah the uh it's uh ebay price oh i guess i didn't say that at the beginning uh ebay prices uh ebay has it at twelve hundred bucks um, wow! The for a piece of the ring, yeah, and mm-hmm. the scream mask you can get for about eighty bucks, signed by David Arquette. <laughs> David, David Arquette's Arquette. still alive. I'm sure if you go to anything, you can get a signed mask, scream yeah. mask with David Arquette. Also, scream has kind of fallen out of the the zeitgeist a bit. And is it just one of those like thin plastic ones, or is it one of the cool it, bu- blood pumping ones? Uh, it looked like a the thin plastic one, <laughs> of course. <laughs> and the, the I of a piece of the ring would be a genuine. Collectible. Uh, that's why you can't get that. You can you see David Arquette any yeah. fucking Sunday. Yeah, just go to one of the fucking He's, wrestling he, matches. He uh, has. I mean, it, well, you guys are dodging the obvious here. David Arquette's still alive. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's what, what I'm saying. Say, say, yeah, say him any Sunday. I was thinking, yeah, yeah, Marissa, but yeah, all right, it's, it's all right. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a it's a uh, treasure, treasure. It's a good time. Yeah. Kyle, uh, Kyle was much better at this game than me, actually. <laughs> so uh, like said, you guys would each go on streaks. It's true. It, it was real streaky. Um, so uh, this has been a proud production of that podcast productions. Uh, you can find all of our podcasts at uh, that podcast or um, sorry, yes, that's right. That podcast productions uh, if you want to contact us via an email address, that.podcast.productions at gmail.com. If you want to find us on Facebook, you can find us at uh, That Podcast uh, Stays Up All Night Slumber Party. Ooh la la. What are, what are the weird things that happen in the slumber party? I don't know. You'll have to go find out. If you're in that group, share some more memes. Um, this is the millennial stance. Meme post on our group. Wow. I think I think that'll be fun. Maybe not. Post whatever. Yeah, post. I mean, we're we're happy to hear from you. Um, so there's also a uh, Instagram and a Twitter, which are which are primarily dormant at the moment. What's coming up in this? uh, What's coming up in this show, Josh? Um. Well. Next week, we're doing That Podcast Stays Up All Night, the only podcast with the spa to take on the films of USA Up All Night. We're going to be doing Cemetery High, which we might have mentioned earlier in the episode if oh it hasn't all been cut out. <laughs> it's uh, This will be an actually a really fun one. I think the one we did previously was Assault of Killer Bimbos. These are sort of a pair of movies. Uh, and I think that was a really pair. fun episode. And I think Cemetery is going to be a really fun episode as well. I will not be sober for the viewing or recording of that episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Here, here. Um, after that, we're going to give you a, a that podcast we'll never do, where we do two comics, uh, and we're feeling like a heist, or I guess maybe a thoughtful, sad examination of what happens after a heist, because we're doing <laughs> stray bullets and criminal. Yeah. Heist. Yeah, it'll be fun. It will be fun. It will be. Uh, any 
Anything else we need to do? You need to... Uh, there we go. I, yep, I have that ready, actually, uh, since we have missed it a few times. By we, I mean me. Uh, but our logo was designed by uh, Abby, and uh, she is available for other work. If you like our logo, uh, you can contact her at uh, Instagram. Uh, her tag is, or her uh, handle is Rosari Art, R-O-Z-A-R-I-A-R-T. Rosari Arts, and uh, there's lots of wonderful illustrations you can see there. And you should contact her, because she did a really great job on that logo, and she is a lovely person. Very, very, very lovely do, person. Do we want to plug our sister podcast, either? Oh, now yeah, that they're we, official. Actually, we actually should. Uh, Girls Talk Comics. It is not a podcast about the band Girl Talk, as you might think. But <laughs> not in this fact, time. Frequent, uh, frequent that podcast guests, uh, Jessica, Jess, Jessica... Whoops! Oh, man, you almost pulled a Cody! <laughs> Contest winner Jessica. To put a little bleep in. Contest winner Jessica, and what was was a prostitution expert, Aaron? I don't remember. She, she, was, on, she was on Angel. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is true. Uh, although I think her first one was the Guardians one, which yeah. is no longer up because it was part of the yeah the old era. Uh, the Purge. Yeah, the Purge. They do a show. They talk about comic books. It's a fairly short podcast too. So if you're, if you're bite-sized, <laughs> yeah, if you hate this one, <laughs> so if, if you look at the runtime on all of our podcasts every week and go, God damn it, <laughs> like we do, dudes, <laughs> then you know it give occurred. Them a check. It occurred to me that their whole show is as long as our cash. You know, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> yeah. Girls Talk Comics at fire.girlstalkcomics.fireside.fm. Something to be said here about three men taking an hour to do what two women do in like 20 minutes yeah. <laughs> all right now anything right. else we do sketches on the other show yeah we do we fill up we mm-hmm. fill out the time that way if you listen to up all night join the up all night slumber party watch old wrestling oh uh you know <laughs> what is fun well you know we should just use this to plug shit from our week i watched the sonic movie did you wait what or was it how did you come across the Sonic film? Uh, it was uh, Valentine's Day premiere, yeah. Oh. And me and Haley... Is it already out? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh. Well, look, yay! And uh, it's crushing the box office. It is currently the number one uh, all-time selling video game movie. Wow, beat Super Mario Bros.? It beat Super Mario Bros. Until the animated Josh. Super Mario Bros. Came out, comes it out. It beat Postal? It, it beat <laughs> The Wizard? <laughs> Uh, let me let me think of no, one No, the more. guy from The Wizard beat a much younger woman and then went to jail. <laughs> beat the uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Don't make Johnson The Wizard doom. sad for me. I love The Wizard. Did you not know that? I, I the, mean, you've, you've mentioned it. I, I think pretty much whenever The Wizard comes so up. <laughs> because then I tell you about how I had to have a power glove and then you mm. do, you know, yeah. He was so bad. Uh, <laughs> Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey has power gloves in the uh, Sonic movie. Oh, does he? Yes. I not like the not like Nintendo brand. Wait, but how, very did, obvious, how like... did it beat Pixels? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, I will say the trailer for Sonic was a lot better than I was expecting. Uh, the which I saw before I saw Cats, so that might have warped my perception. <laughs> it is. It is exactly uh, what you would expect. Like, if you've played any Sonic game recently, if you've watched any Sonic cartoon recently, it's it's cheeseball. Yeah. Like, through and through. And the movie does a really good job of, like, that same cheeseball. But it's, like, it's emotional. Or not emotional, but uh, it's fun. Like, it feels good to watch it. 
Can I tell you how much people who love Sonic comic books love Sonic comic books yeah. for a minute? Oh, Jesus. There's a thing. One, one of them was a particular... Like, there's one branch of it in particular that people really fucking attach, attach to. Is oh, it the current There were a few get... comics Oh, well, ones. Cody there's picked one up guy a collection at, at the store for, yeah. for, for uh, semi-inexpensively and... and then ended up looking up the prices for those things. Some of the the Archie comics, like the original yeah. Sonic ones, no way you can get them other than just buying the original ones. Yeah, and in like shit, shit, shit conditions, some of those books still are like twenty and forty dollars. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I I had a blast. Cool. I loved it. But uh, Haley accidentally got us. She ordered them weeks in advance, and instead of ordering us seats in the second from the back row she ordered us seats second from the first row so we were right in the middle of the swath of children attending this premiere and uh we we were walking in and i was in front of her and i saw that of our two seats one of them was adjacent to a very young child and one of them was adjacent to like a 25 30 year old sure so i was like I didn't say anything, but I took the one next to the 30-year-old, and I was like, in my head, I was like, this is a slight punishment for Haley screwing up the ticket thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, the guy that I sat next to was one of those, like, wouldn't fucking shut up for the first 30 minutes of the movie, because he's pointing out every single, like, Easter egg and reference to the person sitting next to him. And Haley said the, the person, the child that she sat next to was silent for the entire movie, except for the post credit scene where the child's mother said, who is that? And the boy just goes... That's Tails. Aww. <laughs> it was very, very cute. I will plug from this week, uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions hashtag FE Encore Ooh. for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, it's a game that came out for the Wii U uh, and didn't get a lot of play because the Wii U was a fucking garbage machine <laughs> that everyone disliked. But now some of the games from it are being ported to the Switch, which people actually have. Um... <laughs> It is by the Persona team, uh, but it is a property using the the world uh, and characters of Fire Emblem. Mm. Uh, the the premise is that you are in in modern Tokyo. You're trying to become like superstars. Like there's a girl who wants to be an idol, and there's a guy who wants to be like a like a common rider type. Oh guy. shit! Is this the um, singing game? It's. It's, uh, it's kind a, of it's an RPG thing. The characters oh, okay. sing, but it's an RPG. It plays a lot like Persona. I might be thinking of a different thing. Then. You might be thinking of the dancing all night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, never mind then. But yeah, so there's That's all these funny. characters who want to become stars of various kind. But there's also this alternate world where there are things called mirages that drain performa from humans. Uh, but when you go there, you can maybe find a mirage that's like a char- that's secretly a character from Fire Emblem that you can make your other self. <laughs> So, uh, it's real fucking fun. <laughs> Boy, uh, so while you guys were talking, I was trying to think of something this week that I, because <laughs> uh, I did mostly grading this week. And you listened for apparently jobs. to a really fucking awesome NPR uh, piece. No, well, that was in the car in the parking lot here about single single malt scotches, which Josh knows a couple, what, what was it, five or six months back, I was like, all of my friends are scotch guys. I should just be a scotch guy now. <laughs> and so I ran through, like, you know, a, a, an, infinity gauntlet, an infinity gauntlet's <laughs> worth of different Scotches. scotches. And I'm just like, no, 
Still can't do it. Don't like scotch. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, I thought about that yeah. back in the day. The thing about scotch is that it's very pricey, and it just tastes like whiskey to me. Mm. Well, However many malts. As you know, all of our friends are into that stuff, and I can't yeah. I can't do it. I, like, I can't... So... So I was listening to this guy, hopefully, you know, try what he was really talking about, because it was like a This American Life kind of thing, where he was like, he's like, oh, me and my brother went on this adventure to find this, like, you know, mythical single malt scotch in Northern mm. Ireland. And so I was listening to, like, like you know, because basically they run a restaurant, and they were trying, see, this, see why I was listening to yeah. this, right? They were running this restaurant, and they were like, oh, we should be the only place in the world that sells this scotch because like you know it's mythical whatever right and and they actually find it but they can't export it because it's in northern ireland and they're trying to get it back to america and there's no way to mm. there's no mechanism for the regular person to do that unless you're a you know a liquor distributor basically right um and so so they're like they put out this call on the internet and this guy you know said hey i have a barrel of this stuff you can have it if you can figure out how to get it in there. And I was like, okay, how did they get it in there? <laughs> that's what I was listening to was to listen to, you know, how they... How, how did they get it in there? Well, he skipped over that part of the story. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, and he's like, but we ended up with this, you know, scotch in our restaurant. But he's like, we felt real bad selling it because, you know, it was basically gifted to us. And also we went on this adventure and it feels mm. like a brotherly thing. So they're like, you know, and that's when that's when you pulled up. So, <laughs> uh, so I was listening to that, but uh, I was like, man, what did I watch this week? Because uh, I mostly all I did, like as far as things, was grading, uh, and then me and Elizabeth uh, have been want we've been working our way through uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation together. Uh, we're in the middle of season four at the moment. Um, which uh, I don't know if you guys saw the meme I posted on. I know they the listeners didn't, but uh, you guys, <laughs> if you saw the meme where uh, it, the Cupid episode, yeah, uh, where where Worf says, "With all due respect, sir, I am not a merry man," <laughs> uh, which is one of the funniest you know uh, Worf bits in all of the. There would be a good like subtitle screenshot. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it was. Um, uh, and then, uh, and then I was like, I had, I had one that I did from Macross Seven, which I'm watching. Yeah, where it's this uh, woman in a motorcycle helmet saying, "All people who like music are cowards." <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, and then I'm watching a bunch of pre-code Hollywood movies right now. Like I'm working my <laughs> way through that stuff. Um, so I was like, I was like, what did I really enjoy this week that stood out to me? And the answer I came up with was uh, the Chicken Caesar rap from Picklemans. <laughs> I do love Picklemans. There we go. All right, that's the. <laughs> that was a long way to go for that, but I honestly really like the like three. We should do this. We do it more often. On this yeah, yeah. Especially if the the movie sucked or the <laughs> the subject matter sucked, we'll just at the end be like, "Hey, Cody, this is how our week Cody, went." Cody, it didn't suck. I'm not was... saying this one in particular. It we was... we review a lot of material on this show. Okay. Some of it does suck. I, some of it does suck. Yeah, because <laughs> often that's more interesting to talk about. Fair. All right. All right. Yep. Cool deal. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. See you, kids.